0: takes more than slapping a cue on it to be a great software engineer. This is episode 345 of the Soft Skills Engineering podcast. I am your host, Jameson Dance.
1: I'm your host and lover of cues, Dave Smith.
0: <laughs> Soft Skills Engineering is a weekly advice show about all the non-technical things that go into the technical field of software development, where sometimes the answer to a problem is a cue, and sometimes the problem is a cue. <laughs> well, the, someone else put the it. The
1: answer today is a cue, the problem tomorrow is a cue. Yes, the same cue Today's Q. answer. It's tomorrow's probably that's <laughs> that's probably
0: a good summary of software development. It totally so. is. It totally is. <laughs> <laughs> the the
1: villains of tomorrow are the heroes of today. Yeah. And the villains of like yesterday, it. the heroes correct. You know, it's like, oh, what a mess I've inherited. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. Those words will be said about you. <laughs> this mess was someone's solution <laughs> to another mess. <laughs> Actually, to the same mess you're about to create. So, you know, it goes in cycles sometimes. <laughs> it's a double-ended queue.
0: Gonna, hang on, I had to type it into Twitter so I could remember that pithy quote and then Which one? Claim credit for it.
1: Uh, I don't know. The, Want something th- about today's Today's uh, problems. Yeah. The de- the hero developers of today are the villains of tomorrow. Oh man, that that just really r- It actually make. hurts my soul to think that out loud because it, I know it's true. And I know I've been that villain. You know what? It's sort of like how that younger generation
0: is always full of irresponsible, disrespectful, whippersnappers, and and then you get, yeah, you're young, you feel like your elders are wrong. You get old, you find out you were wrong. The youngsters <laughs> are wrong.
1: <laughs> the new, the yeah. new youngsters are wrong. Yeah, but well, I had it right. Oh man, no, I. You know what? I find out I was. I'm just. Every every 10 years, I look back and I'm like, I was such an idiot. That cycle has not reduced in intensity. It's a sign of growth. I guess. But what?
0: Were a, you, okay. I'm still an idiot. 20 though. years ago, were you like way more of an oh, idiot? Oh, I was than like 10 su- years ago? I was like
1: super idiot 20 years ago. Now, okay. 10 years yeah, ago, I was growth. like, I was like pretty serious idiot. And so now, I don't know. Yeah. I'm sure I'm an idiot. And now, now. you got to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> for now, the and present always yes. feels so right. <laughs> 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 okay enough pontificating shall we uh, thank our uh, shall i thank our sponsor today yes this episode is sponsored by the amazing compiler an original podcast from red hat discussing tech topics big small and strange go check out red hat compiler anywhere you listen to podcasts maybe even this very app that you see on your phone right now maybe they're listening on their computer okay but it, probably not using some application mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's okay.
1: Okay. I'm going to thank our
0: patrons. Um, thank you to these folks who contribute at the level where we shout them out every single week. Thank you to Anthony Ungaro, Kent C. Dodds, Oladapo Fadye, Monkey Face Emoji, I Love, Mav- I Love Mavis, Santa Hopar, Jonathan King, Connie Lee, Braytek Tatkowski, Nick Cantor, Ira Chan, Jenny Kim, John Grant,
1: Gnaden Hooten, Ohio. I looked that up. Uh, we got a pause. And. I know how to say it now. Hold on, let me. Oh, how do you say it? Stand by, I'll tell you. This is what our listeners come to see (laughs) and hear. Okay, (laughs) I thought I knew how to pronounce it, and I just found a YouTube video (laughs) that is clearly a bulk-created YouTube video for like thousands of words with terrible pronunciation.
0: Some text-to-speech thing pronouncing it for us. Okay, I don't know how to pronounce it.
1: I'm sorry, I stalled the show for nothing. (laughs) That's fine.
0: I will forge ahead. Uh, I can't remember where I stopped. Kyle Boss, Braden Keynes, the Stochastic Parrot, Valentin at DataFold, Cody Sale, Nick Fraser. or sorry, Noah Fraser, Frazier Loge, or Logue. Will Angel, Travis Sanders, Runga, uh, <laughs> Andreas, <laughs> Reales, Alice, Alice Nick Hathaway, Craig Motlin, Owen com TestingIsDocumenting.org, Patreon.com.au, we're hiring, and Philip John Basile. Ah, phew. Feels good that that's a long list to get to. Thank you. I appreciate your support. It, uh, it keeps the show going. It it pays for expenses like putting it on YouTube where you can find us. Uh, some people like to catch podcasts there. If if you want to see me swivel in my chair for half an hour while I talk. Yep, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and uh, if you want to join this group and help support the show, you can go to softskills.audio, click support us on Patreon. Any amount, will get you an invite to our Slack team. And any amount at the tiers specified on patreon that i can't remember will get you to
1: have us say words that's right the more trolling the better all right shall i read our first question oh yeah okay this comes from an anonymous listener who says i i have around 14 years of experience and was recently promoted to a head of engineering role i'm now leading an engineering department of around 75 people i've become increasingly hands-off with coding and it's been at least two to three years since i wrote code regularly my role is completely hands-off technically i'm questioning whether this is the right role for me I want to be more hands-on, but I worry my skills are now so rusty that I'd have to start over and spend all my spare time learning to code again. Do you think it's realistic to get back to a hands-on engineer role at this point? Have you seen it done successfully before? And does, does walking away from this leadership role make it harder to potentially take on another leadership roles, uh, other leadership roles, like CTO, in the future? Hmm. Hmm. I have some good news for you. What is it? I'm seven years ahead of this person in experience, mm-hmm. and I've done exactly what they're asking if it can be done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's like the I was reading proof. my own LinkedIn profile or something.
0: Yeah, so you were you're running a big engineering group. Uh, I guess big is relative. A, an engineering group, roughly the same order of magnitude yeah. as,
1: as same number of digits. This question,
0: yes, as seven. And then you went to went into a uh, a individual contributor role
1: yeah so i was a i had i had done people management for a couple of years and then i went and became an individual contributor at a mega tech co for four years and then i came back into the people management and now i'm a cto doing some people some technical yeah so can it be done yes we have one data point (laughs) it is
0: possible for at least one person how was that? Were you still writing code when you were uh, before you went back to being an IC?
1: Not exactly, but yes and no. So I almost never wrote production code and I was never on any critical path for delivery of code for any of the teams. But I would write and continue to do this in my uh, other people management roles. I would write support what I call supporting code, which is like not in the product, not customer facing, but gets things done internally. You know, things like moving data around, creating dashboards for, that help us manage teams, things like that. And that kept my skills sharp enough that I wasn't completely distant. Although I do, I must admit that when I get back in, into code nowadays, I write code a little different than the <laughs> than people do. And I look at it sometimes and I go, oh, like I'm starting to see sample code that's unfamiliar to me in languages that I know well because the languages mm. have moved, you know? So, yeah. But it did keep me sharp enough to pass an interview at a Megatechco, um, but that required a lot of hours. And I think that's probably the answer to this other question is, am I going to have to work really hard to get back into an IC role? For me, yes. I spent many, many hours prepping for that, mm. and uh, I think you probably will have to as well. <laughs> but that's kind of true even if you're an IC, though, but more so if you're yeah. not. All right, so
0: I uh maybe I'm 7 years behind this question asker then cuz okay. I haven't uh, I've been in IC then moved into people management several years ago. I haven't moved back to IC.
1: I don't know if I ever will. Maybe I will. I haven't done it yet. That's cuz you're so good at the people management, right? Like you know, or, or you or, just love it. Or cuz I was so bad at being an IC. <laughs> there there are all
0: kinds of explanations. Oh,
1: is it, is the Peter principle at play here? <laughs>
0: Potentially,
1: yeah. <laughs> Wait, no, you um, have to be good as an IC to get promoted out of it.
0: Yeah, that's true. I was writing a fair amount of code for a while. Still, at the beginning of oh, not the beginning, but earlier, I've not written a ton of code recently. But I still do read a lot of code. Yeah. Um, and that's a that's different a good idea. skill, but it feels relevant. It's mostly to contribute to design discussions, or uh, if I if I can help resolve a, a disagreement where they need like a I don't know a tiebreaker or something like that. But I have tried to write code and I've noticed it is a lot harder for me to just sit down and mm-hmm. like bang out a solution to
1: a problem. Um, I, it, it's harder to get started. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's like, oh, there's like a four hour process to get uh, your environment all set up and get everything running. If I could just make this one line change, I'd be fine. But it's like the four hours leading up to that are the killer.
0: Oh, mine isn't even the environment stuff, although that is a killer. Wait, no, I have written code at this job. Yeah, I've written a a a, a mild amount of code, but it it's it's mild uh, as
1: opposed to spicy.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's not often enough that my workflow is like down pat with going through our CI and testing it locally. And yeah, I stuff. think
1: I think people underestimate the amount of effort it takes to stay on top of all that stuff as a developer. Like that's a lot of your day, just keeping everything running on your machine and, like you said, the CI and stuff like that. Is a lot going on.
0: For for me the even a bigger barrier than that though has been just like the the brain space of mm. of sitting down and and writing the code to solve a problem i feel like it's it takes me i need to 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 take like a running start at it where before i i felt like i could just just decide i'm going to write some code to do this thing and then do it and now i have to sit down and think i'm going to write some code to do this thing and kind of like attempted a few times, yeah, I don't know, I can feel myself certainly being less fluent with it, uh but i what is my point here? I think I could still uh get an i c role if i wanted i i I do wonder how senior of an i c role would I be able to get? I feel like I have mm-hmm. a lot of organizational and and design and kind of the non hands on the keyboard skills have mm-hmm. have been exercised heavily, but hands on the keyboard is a big deal if you're an i c yeah and and I think that part is certainly weaker, so I do wonder like. Would it would it feel like kind of a demotion or something instead yeah. of a role change?
1: It it certainly did for me when I went from an IC from my role. I was a director of engineering. I was managing probably like forty to fifty people, and then I went to an IC role where I was a a tech lead on a team of like eight or ten people to start. Mm-hmm. And but I was making a lot more money, and <laughs> so I just didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that's the key. It totally was the key. In fact, that that company, that was their whole strategy, I'm convinced, is take people who have experience dealing with much bigger problems and much bigger scope and give them small scope and small problems, but pay them much more, and your problems will be solved very well. Hmm. Small problem, big money. Big money and big experience for the problem. Yeah.
0: So... What about, does it make it harder to take on a leadership role like CTO in the future? I, again, I haven't been through this personally, but my gut feels, no, I feel like it'd be a, I don't know. I think it'd be a, a nice thing, not oh, a yeah. requirement, certainly, but it'd be a nice thing to see that yeah. like this now, person is, is still in touch enough.
1: I actually think that that an ideal career for many people is bouncing back and forth between leadership and individual contributor every few years. And and I say that because in my experience, the leaders that I enjoyed working for the most are people who are really had good technical chops and they could really converse with me about my day-to-day work. And I thought they could probably do a better job than me, you know? And so, <laughs> and I'm not saying that's me right now uh, for my team members, but I, do, uh, I did appreciate that a lot. And so being able to bring that, I think, is great. But also having, you know, it's like, look, I didn't just step into the people management thing yesterday. Right, like I've got some years under my belt, so so I'm also reasonably skilled there. So I don't know. I, I kinda like that. And I don't see any reason why you can't make a very successful career doing
0: that. I want to shout out episode 195 when we had Charity Majors on as a guest, I think. Is this the right episode?
1: If not, charity will be deeply offended. She has a blog
0: post about that very topic called The Pendulum or the Ladder. Talks about that that kind of in between space where you you Maybe swing back and forth between uh, senior IC and and sort of line level manager as a as a really nice
1: happy place for a lot of people. Yeah. Cool. Way to growth hack our audience by making them listen to two episodes instead of just one. <laughs> That's really good. And maybe I got the episode wrong, so you'll have to listen to like yeah, like hundred <laughs> episodes to find the right one. You can binary search it maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Log log base two of three hundred and forty five, whatever that is. Too bad they're not sorted by anything. We'll never know. Yeah. Um, oh, <laughs> yeah. So like perfectly legitimate career track. I don't think you'll have any problem jumping back in. Probably will take some work and, uh, I love it for you. And I think you should, you should give it a shot. Yeah. Especially if you know, if you know, like,
0: this is what I want to do. I mean, that's a pretty powerful reason yeah. to do a thing.
1: Or if you know, <laughs> I don't want to be a people manager anymore. That was kind of where I was <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. The first time. I
0: kind of wonder how I'd hack it, but I definitely enjoy what I'm doing. But yeah, the, the motivation of like, I don't I don't like this. I want to do the other things. Is, yeah. is that seems like a good thing to follow. Have you heard about the podcast from Red Hat called Compiler?
1: Yes. Red Hat Compiler just launched a new series called Reroll, where they describe different jobs in a software company, starting with the CTO, then architect, and more. They've
0: not mentioned the Office Prankster yet, which is a a miss on their part. (laughs) It's an essential role at any startup.
1: That's true. They also have a series on software technology stacks describing databases, programming languages, front-end frameworks, back-end technologies, and even test frameworks. It's a pretty cool series.
0: Compiler comes to you from the makers of Command Line Heroes and is hosted by Angela Andrews and Brent Simino.
1: Listen to Compiler on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll also include a link to this show in our show notes.
0: All right, should we read our next question? Yes, please do. This is from a listener suspiciously named Hypothetically Anonymous. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Sus. Hypothetically speaking, let's say you were pretty sure layoffs were coming to your company, even though they say they are cutting costs everywhere else so that they can avoid layoffs. Now let's say that hypothetically, in anticipation of this, you took some interviews and received an offer from a company, that you believe will write out the upcoming economic downturn fairly well, and hypothetically, you accepted the offer. Mm. Would you go to your manager and offer to take a voluntary severance, and in doing so, would you let them know you had something else lined up, or would you leave that out and present it as just taking your chances while your severance checks were coming in?
1: Thanks for doing what you do. Do do you remember that episode of The Office where uh, Michael, uh, what is it? Someone comes in and says, I quit. And the boss says, Oh, and he fires him. You, you can't quit. You're yeah. fired. <laughs> yeah. And then calls his boss to brag about how good of a job he did. And his boss says, Michael, now we have to pay them severance. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought of here. <sighs> yeah.
0: From the other side. I'm pretty sure I worked as a high schooler at a dry cleaner. And I I had a boss there who the only way I can explain their behaviors is, is to assume they were trying to get fired to collect unemployment. Oh boy! So some people do this on purpose, I guess. I
1: don't know. I think there's a name for that. I think it's called fraud. But um, <laughs> in uh, in space law, we have a different word for that, and we won't tell you what it is. Well, it's not pronounceable over uh, human audio. So uh, even if I said it right now, it wouldn't come through because the MP3 encoding can't encode it. Well, there's no air in space, so you can't count exactly on sound. <laughs> That's right.
0: <laughs> how do you how do you pronounce a, a radio wave? That's right. I
1: mean radio waves if we're talking very primitive of course. <laughs> so, huh. What do you think? Uh should you go for it? This one is this one is interesting. I think it's very timely right now because if your company is saying out loud that we're cutting costs to avoid layoffs, I think there's a good bet that layoffs are coming. Not all the time, not every company, but right now every tech company I know of is cutting costs. Like I'm not aware of any that are like, "Yeah, we're firing on all cylinders." We're going to hire 100 people this year. You know, it's just not happening. Yeah. And so there's a good chance it's coming. But if someone on my team showed up, and by the way, I'm not doing layoffs, just so you know. But we are cutting costs elsewhere. Just kidding. But if someone on my team came and said, I've accepted another offer, and I'd like you to fire me so I can get severance, I would say, uh, enjoy your n- other offer. Your resignation has been accepted, <laughs> you know, I, but I would not pay severance because, yeah. like, the whole point of severance is to bridge the gap until you get your next job. I thought part of it was to not get sued, too. Yeah, sign it. Yes, it's to convince the team member to sign a non-disparagement or non-whatever agreement, whatever the terrestrial law is on that one.
0: Yeah. That makes sense to me and and yeah like what incentive would you have to say okay we'll give you a bunch of free money yeah but is it unethical to say is voluntary severance an option without saying i have another job lined up
1: i mean some some companies will throw that out there but uh and i've heard of it where they say we're looking for volunteers to leave the company we'll pay you xyz dollars but mm-hmm. this sounds like it's the, the situation is that offer is not on the table. Yeah, yeah. This is this is them fishing for it. Yeah. This would so, be them fishing for like, it. Like, how do you – so, first of all, let, okay, let's just say that you just want to go after the money and ethics be darned. You're not into mm-hmm. tuism, like our previous – yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, which I can't even remember what that means, but I know it was, a, it was sound philosophy. Um, yes. Then, you know, maybe you could go and ask, like, hey, listen, we're trying to cut costs. And if you're quite certain you're going to go take this job. You could say, look, is a company considering a volunteer severance, a volunteer layoff plus severance package as one of its cost-cutting measures? Mm-hmm. That's a question you could ask, I think. Jameson, do you agree? If you didn't have another offer lined up or if you no, did? No, if you did. like So you've got the offer in hand. You're ready to go. Or if you didn't, either way, I still feel like that's a question you could ask. Ethically, it's a little bit little bit on the edge for me.
0: I have like an endless supply of guilt. <laughs> uh so i feel like i would reach into that guilt well and and i I'd, I'd feel bad about trying to extract money from this company but i could see how someone could think like i don't know if you're if, if this is going to help improve their situation then you're exchanging money for value. so maybe i, I don't know
1: they're purchasing your signature on an agreement as well don't yeah. don't forget that and your signature is very valuable. Also don't forget
0: that. <laughs> it's like an autograph. Think of it yeah, like an autograph. That's right. You're selling them an autograph. I don't know. I know that if I found out this is what happened, I would be so mad at the person as a manager who did it.
1: like yeah, if you I was like already had a job oh, and you asked for severance? Yeah. 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 So I I think this feels slimy to me. It definitely has a slimy vibe. And I'll I'll state I think the the kind of the underlying philosophy here is you're trying to get money unearned, like there's no effort from you on this one. there is a, well that's wrong you're man, I don't know. I could probably justify this by saying, I'm willing to sign an agreement that says i won't I won't hire your people away, I won't uh disparage the company publicly, et cetera, et cetera. The things that companies want you to sign if you'll pay the severance, of course, then they'll just be like, take a look at your employment contract that you all exactly signed. yeah <laughs> you probably already signed one of those
0: but you wouldn't have double signed it. <laughs> I, so I want to say, I think this is wrong, but still leave room for other people to think it's right because I like to waffle,
1: I guess. So let me let me ask you this question, James, <laughs> and I'm going to put you in a moral dilemma. Yeah. Uh, let's say you opted not to go after the severance play and you just took the other mm-hmm. offer and you did what normal people do, which is quit your job and then go get your other one and then start, mm-hmm. start your other job, no severance. What if you found out a week later that this company, your former company, offered voluntary layoffs with severance would you feel bad that you hadn't taken advantage of it or waited the week i mean
0: yeah bad in the way that like it's not like i could have known but i think i i would i would say gee i wish i had free money oh well (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah it just it feels i think the argument for it is you're providing value to them maybe maybe they're up against some really tough choices and this makes those choices less tough like yeah we have to cut five people and we really think they're all incredible. And we'd like cool, some volunteers, please. <laughs> yeah, now we only have to cut 4. Uh, maybe not maybe this isn't the person we would have chosen to cut,
1: but oh well. Yeah. But I don't know, it just it just feels bad to me. All right. Well, I mean, I I say whatever Jameson feels is probably right. Yeah. I've lived my whole life this way and I haven't regretted it yet. If I'm really glad Jameson hasn't recorded most of our phone calls. I think the fact that you have an offer in
0: hand that you've
1: accepted already is what feels bad. Yeah.
0: I, agree. I think if if you've if already I chosen had kinda like Yeah, if I'd kind of like started to look around a bit, maybe I was interviewing, mm-hmm. um, maybe this would feel less bad. But but it's like you're you're providing them with the illusion of
1: a choice when really there isn't a choice what if you had been severely underpaid for the last five years at this company and you gave your soul to them but they just would not give you a raise and you feel like this little severance pay is making it right then you're probably not working at a
0: place that's going to give you voluntary (laughs) um (laughs) if you've been severely underpaid that is a good point uh yeah i don't know i still think it is kind of shady okay but i don't know maybe maybe you have like dire financial needs that you're trying to meet or something yeah but i don't know
1: i'm I'm just gonna waffle here and then as i do this is like the first time you've just clearly said i don't know in 345 episodes that cannot be true <laughs> i feel like i say that every episode and then i end up on one thing i guess sometimes you usually waffle you and then you just go with whatever i say <laughs> that's how i think about it too but like i waffle until dave says his thing and then i can
0: agree with him and sound like oh i'm safe i can agree with dave
1: sometimes you'll give guidelines and say well if this is important to you do x and if that's important to you do y but in this one you're just saying i don't know it's very unusual for you
0: okay i'll i'll get back on familiar ground okay i think you shouldn't do this okay no equivocation no extenuating circumstances always and forever don't do it
1: can i throw some what ifs at you the
0: least waffly i will ever be uh yeah
1: (laughs) i'm just kidding i didn't have any i just wanted to mess with you a little bit
0: reality is complex and you're listening to to most likely strangers give let's say off the cuff advice (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) what i want to say is i think this is wrong but i but
1: nobody can get mad at me okay so, I think it's wrong, but it, the most important thing to me is not to hurt anyone's feelings. <laughs> yes. Okay, got it. <laughs> yeah. It's firm firm moral fiber. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, that's what I got. Okay, well. <laughs> I you know, and I'm saying go get go extract every penny you can out of this company even if it means they go out of business and all your coworkers lose their jobs as a result. That that's another thing. Like maybe 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 hm, how do I put it?
0: If you extract expensive severance, maybe more people will be affected by layoffs than if you had just left to go to your other job. So do your do your team a favor and just leave and stop stop getting paid. But then again, yeah, like, I don't know. Is it your job to do a favor for your company? I no. Think some, some folks would argue no. They give you money in return for
1: services. That's right. Uh, no, I'm waffling again. <laughs> Hang on. Uh, undo all that. Don't do it. <laughs> okay, don't do it. So the conditions of your recommendation are if you already have a job offer, which you have accepted, it would be wrong to ask for severance or to take severance in that condition. Um, However, I will say if they just happen to fire you before you told them that you've got the other offer and severance is part of the package, I would take it. I just wouldn't go. I wouldn't go ask for it. I would, too. Yeah. If it were offered, I agree. So to you, the moral crossing the ethical line is asking for it when you already know you have a job lined up and secured. I think so. Okay. Yeah. It's beautiful. You have a beautiful mind thank you I love seeing inside Jameson's
0: mind through the words he says I appreciate it if you want to see more inside my mind or hear firm advice full of backbone and <laughs> strong moral fiber <laughs> what do what do these people do if they want that Dave
1: go to, go to soft and click the ask a question button where you can fill out our form and we have to say thank you to everyone who fills that out every week we love you we love your questions keep them coming just try a, try your best to put Jameson in an uncomfortable ethical dilemma. <laughs>
0: I lived in an uncomfortable ethical <laughs> dilemma. Thank you. We'll catch you next week.